You are listening to the weekend message of Crossroads Church North Campus. Crossroads exists to make much of Jesus, and we do this by following in the way of Jesus and making disciples who love God and love others. To find out more about Crossroads, go to crossroadslive.com. Thanks for listening. Grace and peace. Merry Christmas. That was pretty good. I think we should try one more time. Everybody ready? Merry Christmas. Ooh, there's some holiday spirit. Welcome to Crossroads and Merry Christmas Eve. This is me and my family. We wanted to greet you and open up the service. Did, I found my vest. I didn't have it this morning, but I have it now. Praise the Lord. So then I cued everybody. We didn't find some for Eden, but uh, yeah. Eden, what's your favorite Christmas movie? What is it? Elf. Elf. Did you want to say anything? No. Okay. Did you want to say? So uh, to accompany that um, elf thing, I- I've prepared a little uh, musical number. Uh, here we go. Ready? I'm singing. I'm on the stage and I'm singing because my dad wants me to. And God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. <laughs> I do have an incredible family, but, uh, well, listen, I know that um, for some of us, Christmas is uh, just a time of gratitude for the things that we reflect on. We kind of zoom out in our life, and we have these reflections, and we feel joy, and we feel grateful. And for others, we zoom out in our life, and we see and feel things and realize they're not the way they should be, Um, things that we hope for and still haven't grasped yet or seen come to fruition. And we all gather together tonight as as God's people with the same hope, with the same answer in our hearts, the same person, the person of Jesus. So let's pray as we prepare to worship. Father, I thank you for every story and every family in this room, for those that have been walking with you for many years, for those who just aren't sure about this whole thing. I thank you that you are a God who is with us, Emmanuel. And so I pray that over the course of this service and throughout the evening and tomorrow that you would be speaking to us and meeting us where we are, each one of us in our own story. But tonight we turn our eyes and our hearts toward you, Jesus, and we worship you and we love you. In your name, amen. we go. Good start. (laughs) Merry Christmas, guys. You want to stand with us? Let's sing and worship together tonight. See my 
Voice and I sing joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let her receive her King. 
Thank you so much, God, that we have reason, Lord, to rejoice tonight. We have reason to celebrate, God. We have reason to worship, Lord, because what you did, Lord, in stepping into creation, Lord, your creation that you made, Lord, to be born as a baby, Lord, to live a perfect life, Lord, to die a death, God, that we deserved so that we could be forgiven and know life forever with you. Lord, thank you for that gift. Lord, thank you for the truth of Christmas, the gospel, Lord, good news for all people. Lord, remind our hearts of that this morning or tonight, Lord, as we sing these songs. We remind ourselves, Lord, of what you've done. Hey. 
The stars are brightly shining It is the night of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world in sin and ever pining Till he
from God, an angel, came um, to Mary and told her that she was going to have a baby and to name him Jesus. Mary looked around to see if he was talking to someone else, and Mary said, how can this be true? It is too wonderful. He said, is anything too wonderful for God? And when she married Joseph, she began to get pregnant. So they had been living there for quite some time, like nine months, because that's how long it takes to grow a baby. There was a king that, that was ruling over the place where they lived, and Caesar wanted to count all the people in his land. So they had to go to Joseph's homeland. Bethlehem. So Mary, Joseph, and their donkey packed up and set out for Bethlehem. She got to Bethlehem and she couldn't, they couldn't find a um, home, home to stay in. So they knocked on someone's door, but they were full, so they took her to their barn. Then the baby came, then she wrapped him in, um, in a, a swaddle, and then she put him in a cozy manger with hay. All the animals were happy to that they have a savior, and there was a big giant star in the sky that showed where Jesus was getting was born. And the angels went to the shepherds and said, Don't be scared, for I have wonderful news. Jesus is going to be born in a manger. Then the star shone brightly so they could go on the way to Bethlehem. And then they found Jesus there, lying in the manger. And so they went and um, worshipped him. And then when Jesus was about two or one, the wise men came and gave him gold, frankincense, 
and myrrh. When the wise men were trying to leave, an angel appeared to them and told them not to go back to King Herod. And so they went a different route home. That night, King Herod grew very angry, and he ordered his soldiers to kill all the, the boys on three and under. Two and under, sorry. And that night, an angel appeared to Joseph and told them to flee to Egypt and, and not to come back until he said it was safe. And so they fled to Egypt that night. And they stayed in Egypt for a very long time until the angel told them it is safe to go back to, to Nazareth. So now you know that is the story of Christmas. Also, I hope now you know that the real reason for celebrating Christmas and this fun time, I know getting presents is fun and all the celebrations and lights and music, but the real reason for celebrating Christmas is Jesus' birth and that he came to die for us. Come forward. And, all right, come forward and stop and point. Let's all stand together for one more song. Oh, come let us adore. Oh, come let us adore. Oh, come let us adore. Him, Christ.
come to adore. That Jesus, you stepped into the mess of humanity that in you we may have life. So as we gather in this space with all voices proclaiming that truth, come let us adore him. Would we pause this evening to do just that, to remember who you are and who we are in you, to embrace the hope that comes in following after you. We love you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You guys can take a seat. Merry Christmas. If, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Andrew, and, and I love standing in the back on this evening and just hearing all of our voices come together. With the soft glow of the lights, it points us to the hope of that first Christmas day when suddenly there was a fragile baby boy who was born. You can imagine his mother lovingly tracing all of his features, staring in wonder that life was now in her arms. Joseph looking over her shoulder, still trying to figure out what is going on, which all of us fathers can relate to at some point as we watch our kids come into the world. The wonder and the miracle of life that was before both Mary and Joseph was amazing. And that could be wonder enough, but this child, this particular baby, had come with a promise. And on this holy night, a weary world would truly rejoice. See, the story of Christmas is the story of, of hope. A hope that God has come. He's not forgotten us, but he's here for us. Hope that dark does not win, but light conquers. Hope that sorrow may win a battle or two in our lives, but it will not win the war. And this is why Christmas is so dangerous, because it awakens hope. And falling off the cliff of hope, if you've ever been there, it hurts. There's a video that goes around this time of year of a, of a little girl opening up her Christmas present, and she's so excited because she got a flying fairy it flies on its own. And you, you may have seen this, and she sets it up, and the family's watching, and she gives this little ripcord a pull, and it just flies into the air, and then it miraculously, it just dances around, and it comes down, it touches the ground, and then it takes off again all on its own, only to move towards the burning embers of the open fireplace, where eventually that fairy would dance her last as she falls into the flames. And all the onlookers had this look of shock and horror and all the hope that this girl was embracing in that moment is gone in a second as her toy is engulfed in flames. Now, for, for most of us in the room, we've experienced some form of disappointment. Uh, to, to live is to experience disappointment in some way, shape, or form. And we've experienced disappointment that goes far beyond the loss of a toy. In my own life, I've experienced loss. Death has entered in at inconvenient times. A, a diagnosis of someone I loved that I was not expecting that changed the course of so many things. Passed over for a job. Betrayed by people I loved. 
let down by people I knew and was trusting in and letting others down in my own poor actions. That's just to name a few. And for some of you, you come in here with your own hopes that have been dashed, and it's a reminder of maybe a seat at the table that's no longer filled, a relationship that's been broken, a job that feels like it's just going nowhere, and this question that gnaws at you of like, is this, is this it? Is this it? And right now, you may be thinking you came into the wrong service because you're like, I came to a Merry Christmas Eve service. This feels a little bit like a downer. But there is hope this Christmas Eve. And that hope has come in the form of a child on whom all the hopes of humanity would be laid. This humble king who was laid in a manger for there was no room. He stepped into this mess with intent and with purpose to rescue and to redeem, to restore, to save and to point us in the way of life everlasting. This is why we gather. This is why we sing. This is why we have hope. Because Jesus has come. And in him, the thrill of hope is alive. There's a, a story found in the Bible. Luke, uh, the author of one of the four biographies of Jesus' life, he roots the story of Jesus in history. And the reason he does is he's making sure that we don't lose sight of the truth that's captured in these pages. These are, are real people in real time and real places at a real point in history. And so when Joseph and Mary made their way to that small town of Bethlehem, we pick up in Luke chapter 2 verse 1. It says, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in swaddling claws, and she laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. There was no room for Jesus. In Joseph's own hometown, they had to settle for whatever space that they could find. And what we're told is that the front rooms of homes in those days, they were designed to, to house your animals. It was like a barnyard of sorts to keep them out of the cold. And this is the space where Joseph and Mary would spend the night. And for Mary, this would be the space that she would deliver her first child, that Jesus would come into the world. I mean, a far cry from the sterile environment that we have come to be accustomed to in our own hospitals. And here at the beginning of Jesus' life, we see that he is bringing hope to those who have been displaced or feel there is no room for him. He understands what that's like from the very beginning. The first night he is on earth, there's no space for him. And so if you've ever felt like there's no space for you, know that Jesus sees you. And he creates room for all who come to him. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, was born 
And the news of this incredible moment would spread fast thanks to the angelic messengers who would give the local shepherds in the fields nearby their 15 minutes of fame. And that story would be handed down for millennia. See, the messenger of the angels came to those lowly shepherds. And the message was this, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Now again, this message was coming to shepherds who were considered the outcasts of society, the leftovers, those you didn't want to associate with. And who is the first group of people hearing the message that Jesus has been born? Those on the fringe, those who were constantly left out of all things. So if you've ever felt outside looking in, know that Jesus has come for you, that he sees you. And his redemption and his life is for you. You see, something in these moments was happening. Something significant was transpiring. Hope was on the move. But again, hope is dangerous, isn't it? See, the people of Israel had been waiting for hope to arrive. For close to 400 years, they had been waiting for God to move because he had been so quiet for so long. Days had turned to months, months had turned to years, years to decades, decades to centuries. And for some of you kids in this room, and maybe even for some of you adults, just the last 24 days of December have felt like forever. And you kids, you are on the cusp of opening your presents tomorrow. It's right there within sight. And even that feels like so far away. So I have an idea for you. What if instead of opening presents tomorrow, we just push it back a year? Right? You just leave those presents wrapped under your tree. You walk by them every day for another 365 days and just see if that builds in you an appreciation for those presents under your tree. Right? My guess is I'm not going to get a lot of traction here and no one's going to follow through on this because we don't like to wait. We don't like to wait at all. And the people of God had been waiting and wondering. And that brings us to one story in particular, a story that I love to come to each time this year, the story of Simeon. See, Mary and Joseph were making their way to the temple just days after Jesus was born. And we read in Luke 2, 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, there's some important details that were given here about this man, Simeon. Simeon was righteous and devout. The words mean that he was seeking to live life in a way that honored God. Not perfect, because no one is perfect aside from Jesus. And we're told that he was waiting, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Consolation is a word that simply means comfort. He was waiting for the comfort of Israel. He was waiting for the promise of a Messiah, one who would come and set all things right. Now, we're also given this detail that the Holy Spirit was upon him. God had placed his spirit on Simeon, and we read in verse 26 that it had been revealed that he would see the Messiah before his death. 
And so we come with Simeon waiting, waiting, waiting. The promise was before him, but still he was waiting. A space, again, that we can relate to. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Waiting for something to change, for someone to change, for anything to change, for our situation to change. And to me, to me, this is why the song, O Holy Night, continues to be sung year after year. We've already heard the words. We've already sang the words, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. The song speaks to this idea of hope. And again, we're back to hope. And truly, what a thrill it is to hope. Have you ever been watching a game when your team is down and you're like, this is over, and then suddenly they start to put a few drives together and you're like suddenly leaning forward a little bit and you're like, I think they might do it. This is the story of being a Bears fan year in, years out. I start the year. I think this is the year. And then about two games in, I'm like, once again, this is not the year. And then about midway through the season, I'm like, I think they've got an outside chance at the playoffs. And hope begins to thrive, only to be dashed over and over and over and over and over and over again since 1985. (laughs) But here, Simeon is waiting and waiting, and waiting for this promise. We're told in verse 27 that he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. Simeon is led by the spirit to go to the temple where Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus, and suddenly the thrill of hope becomes a reality. As Simeon locks eyes, he sees Mary and Joseph, but he's looking immediately beyond them. It's like grandparents, when their kids come home with their kids, they look beyond their kids and they go straight to the grandkids. Simeon sees hope before him. And what does he do? He moves right to Jesus and he embraces him. He swoops in. The thrill of hope is alive. Hope has a name. Hope has skin. He grabs hold of Jesus and he raises him in his arms, embracing the living hope of Jesus. And he begins to praise God, saying in verse 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all Peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people, Israel. Simeon had been waiting for this moment to to be revealed to him, to come, and now he is holding hope in his arms. And what does he say? Now I can die in peace. For I've seen rescue, I've seen redemption, I've seen restoration. This is the one we have been waiting for. And he sees hope for who? Not just for him but for all of humanity, all of humanity. Hope for all people. That means hope for you. That means hope for me. That means hope for each and every one of us in this room. And this hope, this hope is not in trying hard enough. This hope is not in your ability to be good enough. 
This hope is not that you have the right job, the right skill set, you know the right people, say all the right things. No, Simeon has seen salvation that has come and a light that shines in the darkness for everyone. He has seen Jesus. And it is Jesus who rescues, who redeems, who offers salvations. There's no other name by which we are saved. It's not on your shoulders, it's on his, and he has come to rescue and to take us to life everlasting. And Simeon had been waiting and waiting and waiting, and now he is rejoicing, for Jesus has come. Jesus, who steps into humanity, who walks in our shoes, who feels our sorrows, who shares our pain. Jesus, who brings beauty from our brokenness and who provides the path to peace that is only found in him. The presence of God is the ultimate present of Christmas. And this hope does not disappoint us. So wherever you find yourself today, whether it is rejoicing or lamenting, whether in hope or in despair, know that Jesus has come, and in him is light. And this light is the life of all humanity. So as Simeon embraced the living hope of Jesus, may we embrace the living hope of Jesus, knowing that not only has he come, he will come again and all who call on his name will live forevermore this is why we read the words in revelation that say behold the dwelling place of god is with man he will dwell with them and they will be his people and god himself will be with them as their god and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes death shall be no more neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away And we hear that, and we long for that. And until then, until that return, we are waiting, 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 keeping our eyes fixed on the light of the world in whom there is no darkness. This is why we can take hope from the words of 2 Corinthians that say, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so on this night, we remember. We remember the coming of Jesus. We embrace the hope that is found in him. And as we embrace the hope that is found in Jesus, may we find ourselves singing hallelujah, which simply means praise the Lord. For Christ, the Messiah Jesus, our Savior, has come. Will you pray with me? Father, we pause now, remembering that light has broken through the dark. Remembering that hope is alive, not in our abilities, but in in yours that you meet us right where we are. Your shoulders are broad and can carry our heavy burdens. And so, Lord, I pray that we would hold tight to you, that we would keep our eyes fixed on you, and that we would take the risk to hope again. Maybe it's been a while, but that we would take the risk to hope in you, that in you we, we won't be disappointed because you are faithful 
and true. And you have come that we may have life. Jesus, we pray all of this in your name. Amen.
light has come and the darkness cannot overcome it. As we take this moment to allow the light to break through the dark, may it be a reminder to embrace the hope that we have in Jesus.
take just a moment and look around. From one light has come many. In the same way as we follow Jesus, we shine wherever we are for him. So may we embrace the living hope of Jesus. I can think of no better reaction than what I heard in the front row right here when that flame went on. He said, woohoo! That's right. This is the beauty of Christmas, that Jesus has come. And in him is light and life for all. Let's extinguish our candles together. I see my holdout in the corner. I I see you. You can't hide the light. That's the beauty of it. That's the message of it. Hide it under a bushel? No, you got to let it shine. And I can see when you let it shine. But we are so glad that you chose to be here and to celebrate the coming of Jesus with us. Uh, we would love, if this is not your home church, we'd love to invite you to come back uh, next week, 830 and 10:30. We're continuing in a series where we're looking at this idea of what does it mean to live as light in a time where we're waiting. And beginning in the new year, we're jumping into the gospel of Luke again, and we're going to look at a passage where Jesus tells us of one thing that is necessary for life. And if you want to know what that is, you're going to have to come back and find out. (laughs) But as we leave from here today, may you know that Jesus has come, and he brings hope for you, that he sees you, that he meets you. So as Simeon embraced him, may you embrace him and walk in his light and experience his life. May you know his grace and experience his peace. God bless you. And from all of us here at Crossroads, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.